Welcome back to Trip Talk Tech. We got another super dope show for y'all today. We're going to be talking college athletics, being a student athlete, the good, the bad, the ugly, with our honored guest. Please help me welcome to the show, former ACU basketball player, creator of the Trip Talk YouTube channel, producer at KXTV. K Texas. K Texas. K Texas TV. Help me welcome to the show, Isaiah Tripp. Honor to be here. This is definitely an honor for me to get to interview my own son. Um, but more than that, I, I think this is for me uh, the subject, right? I think it's mm -hmm. a subject that is both close and near and dear to both our hearts. Obviously, uh, you were the one participating in this Division One journey, uh, but me as a parent, you know that that sports parent, and you know what's too much, what's not enough, um, you know, and, and like like I said, the good, bad, and ugly of that whole relationship. And mm -hmm. today, I just want to take some time to be a little transparent and maybe, hopefully, help other kids that you know, hey, they they love to play that sports, but mm -hmm. they do want that better marriage with that parent that hey. I want you to support me and I need your advice, but hey, dad, mom, this might be a little too much or mm -hmm. vice versa. So thanks for coming on the show and hopefully you can share some insight to help somebody today. Thanks for having me and you know I'll definitely do my best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, man, dreams of being a, a D1 athlete, you know, I think seems so cool, right, from the beginning. You watching the tournament games when you're younger and, you know, hey, Dad, I want to play for this team or I want to do this. Um, did you ever think that the journey on road to getting a, being a scholarship basketball player, did you think it was going to be that intense from the start? Um, that's a great question. Uh, you never really know. Uh, what something's gonna be like until you get in it and I think that's with anything in life and uh, mm -hmm. for me it definitely I didn't expect uh, it to be as intense as it was uh, per se like when I got to Division One athletics mm -hmm. um, for instance like coming up in high school and things of that nature uh, you know it's a certain way um, and things and but when you get to Division One level it's just a completely different level on all facets um, the work ethic the mentality, the, the mental part of things is just a completely different level that I don't think uh, many people can, e can expect. You know, some may have the gift of that, but I think the majority of athletes don't or can't really anticipate what it's going to be like when you get to that next level. In coming up, um, I know your schedule was tight, right? You know, um, you might practice a couple times a week. You got games. You got hold this you got that and can you share that schedule with the average you know <laughs> basketball player let's say you know hey I'm in a let's say this started in the eighth grade uh, we'll, we'll start at eighth grade uh, eighth grader looking to play college basketball what do they need to be doing in the eighth grade what would you suggest them to start doing what should a week look like for that person trying to get ready for a division one scholarship or any kind of college scholarship yeah, from the eighth grade on, like, to be honest, you got to be working out almost every day, if not every day. I mean, it's like an everyday grind. I mean, you got to be doing something. Even if, like, a, a Saturday and Sunday you kind of want to take off, you still got to be doing some stretching or something to help you out or watching film. Yeah. So it's like you never really have off. 
if you want to get to really where you're trying to get to because coming from like high school and wanting to go to the next level mm -hmm. into college, division one athletics at that, or even some may have the uh, aspirations of going pro. I mean, you got to realize at a certain point, you're not just going up against the people in your neighborhood. <laughs> you know, you're not just right. going up against the people in your state. You know, these college coaches, they're recruiting people from overseas, Australia, Serbia, mm -hmm. different states. And so you got to really hone in on your skills as much as possible and do as much work as you can to give yourself the best chance to again get to that next level whatever that aspiration is for you whether it's d1 or whether it's the pros or, or anything of that nature yeah. so you make a good point with that right um you know you work hard let's say eighth grade working almost every day out the week right all the way for four or five years going into your senior year of high school right I know in your particular story, coming out of high school, out of Baltimore City, it was a little tough as far as getting recruitment. Um, yeah. Not even really about skill-wise. Right. Just a lot of other factors that factor into that. So coming out that last year, didn't have a lot of offers. You had some. Um, you had a prep school option that <laughs> generated more offers. Um, but I know during that time, you know, being one of the better players in the city, you know, mm -hmm. being acknowledged for that within the city on the AAU circuit, mm -hmm. but then not to really get heavily recruited by these Division One colleges you thought should definitely be reaching <laughs> out to you. Yeah. How did, how did that, how did that, how did you feel mentally about that? And then also the second question of that, how did you adjust and get through that? Yeah, uh, well, mentally, I think uh, it'll affect anybody uh, pretty tough, you know, because we all want to be the best. We all want people to recruit us. We all want people to like us, so on and so forth. So I think mentally it's like always tough when uh, people don't reach out to you or the people you think should be reaching out to you don't reach out to you. Um, but in regards to like getting through it, I think with anything in life, you just can't give up, especially if you love it. I mean, or especially if you're really trying to get somewhere, you can't just stop because people don't reach out to you and whatever the case may be. And I think that also speaks testaments to how tough it is, again, to get to that next level. Because sometimes you may not have people that reach out to you, but what are you gonna do with it? How are you gonna respond? You know, and I think that was sort of how I got through it with, of course, your help. Um, we're just figuring out different ways how to get there, you know. Uh, even me, like when I was in high school, you know, I, I was in the multimedia trade and stuff like that. And I remember I used to always want a ball his life. And I used to be like, I didn't even know how to get one. I didn't know if they had to reach out to you, if you had to be one of the top players in the country. And at a certain point, I was like, you know, forget ball his life. I'm, I asked my teacher, how do you make a highlight film? And I went out and made my own. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of work ethic. That's the type of drive. That's the type of resilience you got to have if you're really trying to get somewhere. You can't just lay down and... and you know, give up or lay down and die or something. You know, you got to keep going. That's a good point, resiliency. Um, because I think you needed that. Um, also, I think it'll help out some student athletes that might be on this college path. I know one thing that, that really affected our household coming up was when you were in that active recruitment phase and coaches mm -hmm. were reaching out and they were texting you in the morning for for breakfast in the evening before you go to bed all day long and then when they sign another recruit mm -hmm. you don't you don't exist anymore in this world mm -hmm. again 
mentally, how was that to be maybe even get attached to a college coach and you guys are talking almost every day and then they ghost you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a tough feeling. I, I can honestly say like, because it just kind of crushes multiple things. Number one, it crushes your ego. You mm-hmm. feel like, mm-hmm. um, you feel like, you know, people are, are ingenuine. They, they don't mean what they say. You feel like, you start to feel like people are, you know, fake and it's kind of like you don't really know how to take it, you know, and especially if you get attached to a school or if you want to go to a certain school, it's just like your dream school when they kind of reach out to you and then all of a sudden they back off because they recruit somebody. It's kind of like a big like slap in the face almost too and it's kind of like a, a big form of rejection. But again, it's like it also makes you stronger if you don't give up and from those points you just kind of got to take a deep breath, like re- regather, reset a win and just keep plowing forward. You know what I mean? You just can't, you can't give up, like I said, like with anything else in life. I know, I know as a, as a parent, um, you know, it, I, I, I'm probably now on this side, I'm, I'm probably more keen and more into the mental health side of things, mm. right? I, I probably back then didn't understand it the way I do now. Um, mm-hmm. So it was more, let's just grind, mm-hmm. let's get through it, suck it up, yeah you know let's push through go harder mm-hmm. as a kid hearing that mm-hmm. and going through those times and hearing just push through that pain was that helpful or hurtful in those moments or was it a little bit of both yes yeah, it's, it's kind of like a two-edged sword i guess or, or a fine line it's like in the moment, I think, as a, as a kid, you just want somebody to, to acknowledge that you're feeling some type of pain or you want somebody to understand what you're going through uh, at that particular time. You kind of just want somebody to, again, like say, hey, I understand. Uh, but it's like I said, with the, with the fine line thing or the two-edged sword, like now that I'm a little bit older, and like I, I got a chance to look back on things and, and things of that nature and we've had these talks before mm-hmm. that was something i feel i needed and it's kind of like it's it's a weird two-edged sword it's like you know you know if, if you were light on me i don't know if i was would would be able to propel to the level that i got to and it's like when i look back it's like yeah you know i, I kind of felt like i wanted somebody to understand me i kind of felt like at times i wasn't understood mm-hmm. um but it's like you, you need you need that push. You need that push because it takes that amount of dedication to kind of get to where you want to. Mm-hmm. And I don't think most people understand it. I don't, I don't think most people understand it until like you, you, you and it's, it's a weird thing to explain. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, it was a tough side to it, mm-hmm. but it, it was also needed as well. Mm-hmm. I think just kind of going forward with anybody's relationship as far as like helping out other parents and helping out other kids, it's just the mental health thing. It's kind of just acknowledging certain things, um, like I said, or trying to acknowledge certain things. But understanding, too, like, it's tough. It's tough to be on the next level. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the toughness that was, uh, that, that, that you kind of bestowed upon me actually helped me at the next level. So it's like, gotcha. you need it. You know, sometimes it's unfortunate that you feel down, but when you look back on those moments, it's like it really wasn't that bad. You mm-hmm. know, I just kind of maybe wanted somebody to, understand what I was going through you know but to your point I think to help the parents and and other kids out like you said I what I'm hearing is don't necessarily kill the message right but 
be a little bit more compassionate maybe in you know hearing the message and understanding or you know acknowledge that this is an issue and then maybe come with the advice afterward you know so again that's a gem i appreciate that because again that, that just helps somebody in somebody else's relationship after that and even going further i don't mean yeah, to no, up, no, but even going that. further on that too mm -hmm. i think like looking back on our journey i think as far because i'm a parent now yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> one thing i i know that will help is that understanding that in life you'll be great at something if you love doing it and if you really love to do something nobody has to tell you to get up and do it so as far as like helping parents and kids out that need help with that space it's like okay if you say this is what you want to do this is what it's going to take yep. and if you feel like this is too much okay then let back off but you know again the moment you say this is what you want to do you got to understand that it's going to take this and if you really want to do it like how you say you want to do it then you got to do these things you know what i mean and if you don't want to do it fine but again whenever you say hey this is what i want to do or i want to get here just understand that this is what it's going to take yeah. oh my oh my yeah so we're gonna have a little funny right here, right? Um, as a parent, I really tried to kind of control my emotions out there, right? Mm. Um, and as a father parent, I know in wins and losses, I probably, and, and especially in my younger years, came off not balanced, right? Mm when things weren't so successful or on the court or wherever. Mm -hmm. How did that make you feel? Yeah, I think uh, at the time it just kind of made me feel like, you know, I had to be successful to maybe be loved or to be liked or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. um, at that time. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I want to, you know, again, just put it out there for all parents because I, I understand it's always going to be people going, the, the evolution of life, it's always going to be people going through certain things. Yeah. And so, from 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 your perspective at that time I now understand of course I mean we all just doing what we know we all we only can pass down what we know at that particular time and that's mm -hmm. the whole thing about the evolution of life mm -hmm. so it's like I thank God that I had the forgiving spirit to not like really hold anything against you at the time when I felt those certain types of ways mm -hmm. uh, but going forward with that um, Sorry, one more time. What was the rest of the question? I'm sorry. No, I, I was I was just saying that uh, again when it that feeling of when you won, you know, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And again, for me, I tried to control that emotion, right? But I'm looking back at it. If you won, I'm sure I was a little different mm -hmm. dad than oh, yeah. if we lost. Or if you had a you were successful at whatever you did, whether we won or lost, versus when you might have struggled. You know, again, I tried to balance those emotions, but my question was more when I didn't, or mm -hmm. did you feel that, mm -hmm. you know, in times they weren't balanced, how did you feel? Right, 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 yeah, and, going, and so going forward with that, um, it's not just the parent to son thing. I think it's a, a thing that maybe kids who play sports actually struggle with as well. And one thing I learned when I got to the next level, because you're playing against, you know, in high school, you might be the best person on your team, but when you get to college, you're taking the best players from everybody's high school team and putting them in a small pool of people. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what you realize when you get to the next level is that you can't, you can't get, like, up and down. You got to stay even kill. And what helps you stay even kill is giving 100, 
and 10, 150% every time. LeBron James always say, I'm gonna do my best and we'll live with the results. Mm -hmm. And most kids, that's what you want. You wanna be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, I gave 100%. Because whatever happens at that point, How do you it is what that? it is. It's like it's God's plan at that point. Mm -hmm. So with the parent relationship thing, that's one thing we kind of learned together. And then from a player standpoint, that's another thing that I kind of learned is that not just with the parent thing, but as a player, you don't want to get up and down. You don't want to get up too when high. you have a good game. You don't want to get too down when you have a good. What you want to do is go out there and give you 100% every single time. That way, when you go home, I don't really care what. If I scored 10 points and, or if I scored zero points or if I scored 50, because you can score 50, but maybe you could have scored 100. Mm -hmm. Just like when we used to talk about in the teams back in the day, just because you beat a team by 20, that don't mean you played your best. Mm -mm. You might could have beat them by 80. And if you don't beat that team by 80, when you get to the real big game, you ain't ready. you're not ready because you, you're not building those those habits. And those characteristics. And so those characteristics. Of winning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure. You might have got the message. You might have got the message back then. You mentioned one thing in your answer. You said at the high school level, you know, you're the best, and then you come into an environment where the best of the best are, right? Right. When you got to college your first year, after even planning a year of prep, so you actually went to prep school that had the best of the best, mm -hmm. did well on that level, did very well on that level, came to ACU the first year as a freshman, had time, had, had, had minutes to compete for. Mm -hmm. um, but again, you were the star of your high school team, playing mm -hmm. almost every minute of the game. And then you hit here your freshman year, and it was like some games you didn't play. Some games you got limited time. How did that affect you mentally coming in? And then um, how did you deal with it? Yeah, again, like just with that, it's like just a hit on your ego. Like, and you know, one thing I kind of learned throughout my college journey and now being an adult Mm -hmm. um, you kind of got to just let go of the ego in all facets of life. But when that happens, when you come from, you know, high school and you highly touted and you're getting interviewed and you sign in and everybody cheering for you and then you get here and you realize it's different and you're not playing as much as you think you should, mm -hmm. although you might be playing and whatnot, it's, you know, I think it's just a big hit to the ego. Um, it's a tough thing to kind of swallow at first. Um, but you just kind of got to, like I said, with anything else, just kind of keep going with that. You can't stop with it. You just got to keep going with that. And again, just knowing that uh, you're giving 100% each and every day and you'll be able to live with those results. But it is it is different um, mm -hmm. because even when I got here, I felt like, you know, I, I did have a lot of talent and I was doing well. But the minutes wasn't really reflecting that. And later on, I found out it's because I mean, my coach, he didn't. He doesn't care about talent, you know. Like Coach Tanner said, it, toughness is a talent. And I'm not saying I wasn't tough, but it was the little things that I wasn't really picking up at first. The little, little, little small things. It wasn't just about talent. And that's so a not, big not, part. So not to cut you off, that's yeah. a great point for kids that are youth, that are student athletes that are watching. Um, we always ask, what's that separation to the next level? And it might not necessarily be all this guy's the, the best player on the team type deal or the best talent on the team. It could be the details, mm -hmm. those small details. Would you say that in college, that's kind of that separation being very detail oriented? That is a separation, uh, that detail orientation, um, little stuff like diving on the floor for loose balls, um, 
going after rebounds, boxing out, uh, making an open pla uh, pass, the little things um, that really helps propel you forward uh, in the next level is really what you gotta gotta hone in on because again, every everybody's good at the net. Everybody's got talent. Like I said, they bringing people from overseas. They taking people from different states. So it's like everybody can shoot a basketball. Everybody can can dribble. Everybody can make a layup. So what's gonna separate you? And most oftentimes, and not it's the little things that most people don't think about. Yeah. My gosh. Can you describe for those student athletes that think they want this Division <laughs> One basketball dream? Can you just give them a, a daily or weekly schedule of <laughs> kind of that grind? You know, maybe even if it's just daily, the wake up, the in between, and then what time you finally put your head down, and then maybe have to get up and go to class the next day. Yeah, I'll give you a couple of examples. So basically, like I said, this is an everyday job, number one. So. I'll give you a so, day. Oh, it's not a scholarship. It's not fun. It's a right. job. This is a job. This is all a right, job. All right, all right, all right. And I mean, if you think about it, like you said, a scholarship, they they paying you money to go here, and you know, and, it, and you know, and I remember, you know, my coach pulled me in the office one day, and he said, uh, he said, uh, he said, Trip, you know, you're doing good in school, and I like that, and you're going to continue to do good in school. This is ACU. You're going to graduate, and you're going to do good. I expect that, but you know, ultimately, always remember this is when I was a freshman. Remember what got you here, and it was. You know basketball. That's that's what initiated the recruitment process. And he wasn't saying it's okay to flunk out of school. He was just saying like this is a this is a job. Like don't forget. And so, um, so a day to day basis. What let's let's say for instance, what one of my days would look like would be maybe wake up at six o'clock, <coughs> mm -hmm. have to go to the track, run miles um, for conditioning, mm -hmm. get to the weight room right after the track, maybe seven eight o'clock. Maybe have class at nine. Maybe have another class at eleven thirty. Maybe go get some lunch. Practice at two. Uh, extra shots because you got to separate yourself after practice. Maybe at like four or five. Go home, eat dinner, and then after that, you kind of worn out from the day. So, not to mention, you got homework. You got family that you got to reach out to. You got. Study. You got to study, you got exams, and so it's like the rest of that time is like a study hall. After, after the extra shots, I'm going to study hall at like 6 o'clock and doing my homework and knocking out all that stuff. Then after that, it's like 8 o'clock, you know, you're tired, you got to get up the next morning and do the same thing. And so it's like at that point, you got to eat something and kind of go to sleep and wake up and, and do it all over again. And then that's an everyday thing, like I said. And so when you get into the season, it gets even tougher, especially at a university like Abilene Christian University, because this is a highly touted university. You're going to get a, a real degree here. You get what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. it's like you might have a game on the road and you got to take an eight hour bus trip back to Abilene. You get back to Abilene at seven o'clock in the morning and those professors want you at class at eight o'clock a.m. Well, hold on. So. You know, when we think of college basketball, we watch these movies, right? Yeah. And we think, oh, man, these athletes just walk on campus and show up and they get touted through. You mean to tell me it's not like that? When you come from a game, the professors want you in class? It's not. Now, I, what I can say is, now, I haven't been on every single university. I mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, you hear the whispers, University of Kentucky, these guys ain't doing no work, right? But... Yeah, I know at ACU, and I guarantee it's at most universities, yeah, this is not no, this ain't no cakewalk. You gotta, you're doing your work, you're going to class, and they're not, they not giving you anything easy. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing. Yeah, yeah sure. 
being separated from your, your family um, for the first mm -hmm. time, having a fend for yourself, like you said, you know, figuring out when to eat, when to get it, get your schedule, get things into your schedule. You want to do that aren't a part of your job, as you say, the, the, the Division One basketball side of it. I'm sure that was a huge adjustment when you got here. I know from a simple fact, I know, again, our contact kind of slacked off. Just, again, I knew you were probably busy doing things. Um, how did you deal with that? Yeah, it's tough because you kind of, like I said, you kind of get busy, you get tired. Like I said, those long days are daily. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, sometimes you might have a few minutes to reach out, but you're just so tired. You got you to get some rest. And so sometimes it's, it's really tough because you don't mean not to reach out. But you go, you might go a week or two and you so in a groove that it's like you don't even realize that time has passed. And then you get a chance to finally sit down and you're like, man, I miss my family. Like it's kind of, it's actually kind of tough, mm -hmm. you know, and like moments like that, it kind of really hits you like, man, I miss my family. This is tough. And let alone if you're going through a, a little tough period throughout your college career, mm -hmm. um, it just, it, it gets really tough. And not to mention, like Coach Tanner mentioned uh, when he was talking about, this is an all-year-round job. So, uh, for instance, <laughs> December, early December, this is something I was always jealous with, early December to almost the middle of January, every college kid is home. The only people here on this campus is the basketball team. We here alone. We got planning apartment, Christmas planning Christmas tournaments. We got apartments, like, literally all to ourselves. Because it's like that empty on campus. No, no students are here. So it's like you're missing your family. And this is a four. This is every year. It's all year round. So you're missing your family. Everybody's on Christmas break. You see everybody having fun. And you're here working. So it's, it's, it's really a tough thing on that, on that end of things too. Yeah. I can just imagine the, the mental sacrifice and, and just the mental kind of things you go in and out of. Do my family still think about me? Do they care? Am I missing this? I'm missing this great event. And question being, does the NCAA, or at the time, ACU, did they provide any kind of mental health services for you, or was the resources there you had to reach out and get to them? And where I'm going with this question is, I'm trying to help that student athlete that might have a stigma mm -hmm. around mental health, or, or, or might just feel like, hey, I have to deal with this in this corner of my room by myself. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any resources that you ran across or came across that, that, that helped? Now, to be honest, quite mm -hmm. honest, now, obviously, for people that don't know, I went to ACU from 2014 to 2018. And honestly, during my tenure here at ACU, mental health wasn't even a big thing like it is now in 2022. Gotcha. You know, people just kind of recently started talking, to that, uh, talking about that. Mm -hmm. Now, but for me, fortunately, here at ACU, since day one, I had multiple mentors on campus. Now, for anybody anybody that's young out there, I encourage you to get a mentor, somebody that's older than you. Because the one thing I always say, how can any of us learn anything from anybody that's the same age as us? You're going through life at the same time I am. You really can't teach me anything. Mm -hmm. You haven't experienced life. So it's like, I can't really ask you nothing. And most young kids don't know that. And so for me, fortunately enough, I had multiple mentors. You know, Dr. Jerry Taylor, Brother Ryan Bowman, Brother Curtis. People like that, that was just sort of there for me um, in times of need, like prayer or advice or just kind of just a community thing. Like if I kind of needed somebody to hang out with at the time, because again, I can't really go home. No, I mean, I miss my family, but I can't. I'm here. I got to work out, you know what I mean? And, and so it's just like little stuff like that, finding 
a mentor or something like that that you can kind of lean into. Now, like we said in 2022, the mental health thing is a, a big topic. So I think universities are starting to make that That's adjustment. Right. But um, Even at that Coach time, Tanner, yeah. I, I think yeah. Coach Tanner mentioned uh, he has a spot on his staff this year for mental health and wellness. So yes, to your point, this is catching on. Yep, definitely catching on. So for me, I would say I didn't really feel that much of a brunt of it because I think I got lucky. And I was actually, I don't say lucky because I you know, always Work. sought stuff like that, um, having a mentor and stuff like that, like Coach Don and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. just different things. And so I think I kind of got lucky or on the good end of that spectrum, not having to feel that much of it. Gotcha. Now, as I, I interview you, I, I see that big ring on your hand as oh, a yeah, compliment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, my alma mater, too, is first state champion of all time at Emerson Westside High School. Uh, you know, but with that journey, right, your experience, I'm sure, at Emerson High was a little different from mine, just because of the grind you had to put in and, and the work you were doing for the Division One level. And with that, I know, personally, you missed out on a lot of personal fun time, uh. right, you know. I know I can recall there was many a day with family and my mom, my own mom would call me Joe Jackson or <laughs> like I was a slave driver because again, they wanted to take you on family vacations, but it might've been an AAU tournament this weekend or you had a camp that was a college camp, a weekend that somebody wanted to run the King's Dominion with the cousins mm -hmm. and you couldn't go. And I know sometimes that did affect you. It would be like, hey, but, hey dad, I, you know, I wanna go, but I get it. I understand what I need to do. Um, being full transparent, how did that make you feel? Like, was it, I'm gonna just do this stuff because I know, you know, my dad, I don't wanna, you know, how, honestly, how did that make you feel? Yeah, at the time, I think as a kid or any kid, you kinda just wanna, you kinda just wanna have fun, you know? Uh, you know, you, you, you oftentimes, you think like, man, you know, this, this really ain't that important, you know, basketball or something like that. But um, I did love basketball. Mm -hmm. And again, like now that I got, further my journey and now where I am, I am now, I realize again that um, although it was tough, it was also needed because like we just hit on uh, not too long ago. I had to be here during the summer. I couldn't go nowhere. I couldn't go see family. I couldn't go have fun. Like we, you, you can't do that. And so even, even though like it kind of was tough when I was younger, it was really just preparing me for that next level. So again, with anything like we even talked about earlier, it is tough and it may suck and something, but if you really want it, it takes that type of sacrifice, you know? And even going further in college, like now I'm just so focused on trying to get somewhere as I'm turning 27 in a few days, I'm trying to really hone in on my goal before I get to 30, um, you know? And for that reason, you know, I don't party much. And that was always the person I was. I don't party much and stuff like that because I want to get to my goal and then have fun, not have fun and figure it out later. Like most of my peers, you know, I, I really want to hone in on it and figure it, figure it out now and have fun later. So I think at the time when I was younger and any young kid, you don't really, you can't see, foresee the future. Mm -hmm. And so you just kind of at the time, like, oh, this kind of sucks. And I was the same way. But now that I'm here where I am, I'm just thankful for it, for it all still. Wow. Our relationship, as father and son, I, I, I thought our relationship coming up was very tight, right? Um, it was Muck, Muck and Jeff, right? You know, wherever I go, you were kind of right there with me. I tried to 
always do things to, to keep you involved outside of basketball. I know that wasn't much when you got older. Um, but do you think kind of my behavior as a dad, behavior from a standpoint of, again, at the sporting events, you know, I know sometimes uh, mm -hmm. I would get thrown out the gym for fussing at people. Or I would get thrown out the gym for fussing at the refs or a parents that were disrespectful of you. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that can be embarrassing in the moment. You know, again, how do those situations kind of make you feel uh, kind of coming up? Like, did it, again, kind of embarrass you? Or, you know, that's my dad, we'll get over it. Like, how did, how did that affect you? Because again, I'm sure, you know, you go to these games and you see that, you know, hey, call, hey, this parent's going crazy. And obviously nothing I'm proud of in those moments, but, you know, looking back, it happened. Uh, how did that make you feel as, as that? I think, uh, you know, at times it may have been, you know, I guess a little embarrassing or something like that or, but, you know, in all honesty, you know, I, I, I felt that you were just fighting for me, you know, like I, I, I felt the love, you know, in that moment. Uh, and so it may be a little bit embarrassing, but I think overshadowing that, I just felt like you were fighting for me and you wanted the best for me. Mm -hmm. um, and you were very passionate about me and, and like you, you wouldn't let nobody get over on me or anything like that. And that was, that was always a good feeling. I knew like having you around or, or whatever case may be, I knew I was protected. I knew nobody was going to do anything to me, you know what I mean? And so, um, you know, I, I, I get, I say it's a little embarrassing, but I, I, I really never really felt that way. You know, I, gotcha. I, I was more on the side of like, he was just fighting for me and trying to get me to where I was trying to go, you know? Yeah, sure. Last question. If we talk about the journey and and just, again, when you got to college and you got into your college life and you graduated, um, I remember that day, just from graduation, look back at it all. Again, the good, bad, and ugly. When we came out of that, when you graduated. How do you think our relationship was father-son after college versus before we started this path? Uh, what do you mean, like how, so how far before we started let's this Let's say path? eighth grade, you know. Uh -huh. Eighth grade, you came to me and said, you know, because I thought football was just football. Mm -hmm. But you came and you said, you know what, and I'm not doing football. I want to commit myself to basketball. So, and I asked you, I think from that point I said, okay, then this commitment from where you at is going to take a lot. Yeah. Uh -huh. And you agreed to sign up to that. But from when we signed up and mm -hmm. we, we kind of knew what we were getting into, we thought mm -hmm. until when it was over. In between there, because again, we had to do some things. We had, we had to press, we had to kind of fight. We had to do some things in there to make sure you secured that next level. Mm -hmm. But when, when it was all said and done, do you think that strengthened, maybe hurt our relationship a little bit, hurt it to a point where we could rebuild off of it later on on some other things? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think the journey in general, especially like starting from eighth grade, just, you know, it brought a lot of good moments. It brought a lot of painful moments to me. Um, uh, you know, it brought a lot of tough moments to me that I kind of had to push through. Um, and so I, I think it was kind of like a, a roller coaster journey. 
um, throughout the entire time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, like I said, as time went on, you can kind of just see that everything was working how it should have. Like, because again, when I got to college, away from you, away from family, I didn't stop feeling pain. You know, I didn't stop feeling, uh, you know, tough times. And I mean, I don't even mean directly from you. I'm right. saying like the the journey in general in college, like I said, it's a tough thing. It's you got to be mentally tough. You got to like Coach Tanner said, you got to be physically tough. Mm -hmm. And so it's like those tough times that me and you personally have went may have went through or whatever I did on the basketball court. It was all preparing me for my future. And I remember we sat down, you know, not long ago, and like I said, you got the trip talk tech thing going and. I had the trip, I still got the trip talk thing going. It's just amazing how everything kind of came yeah. back together. Yeah. And um, I always said like, even with the pain that I had, thank God for Emerson Westside High School and that vocational program because I, I was doing multimedia also in high school along with basketball. And some of that pain that I had, again, from just all the struggle of trying to get to where I was trying to get to, I was able to release it on the multimedia side. Mm -hmm. and. For, you know, I guess a while, you know, like I said, I, I started the Trip Talk thing, it, it was just me. And then come to find out, you love doing the interview thing and it was like, it was a perfect fit. Mm -hmm. And it was like, everything kind of just came together. And not only that, as you can see, we really got something to talk about. True that. We True. really got something to, we really got something to give back. And so um, throughout everybody's journey, throughout my journey, what, I, what I've learned is that everything always happens for a reason. You may not realize it in the moment, you may not understand it in the moment, but as God say, lean not only on your own understanding. And so whatever is going on in anybody's life, just know that ultimately it's for a reason. So it may feel painful in the moment, we all gonna feel pain in some capacity. Nobody's gonna escape pain no matter what, what where you are. The best thing for you to do is to figure out what is the meaning of what's appearing to be in my life at this particular moment? How can I grow from this? How is this going to make me better? Mm. Um, and then also, I also encourage people to have those look back moments. Look back to when it was tough. Do look back to, and then look at where you are now and realize like, yes, I needed that. Like I said, it was tough in high school years, mm -hmm. but then it was tough in college. It's, you got to have a tough mindset to make it, especially in Division One sports. And I can only imagine in the pros. And so it's like whatever you do, you always have those look back moments so that you can understand and realize that it was all it was all God's purpose and it was all happening for a reason. So I lied. I got two questions for you. Cool. Yeah. yeah. One. What's next for Trip Talk? Um, you as a person, what's next? What's going on? What's, what's coming? Yeah, for me uh, in general, uh, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, living life, I'm doing whatever I feel is on my heart. And I've also learned that <clears throat> throughout my journey as well. Follow your heart, you know, do whatever your gut say. You may not understand that at the time. But, you know, even when I first started Trip Talk, you know, like my whole goal was like I wanted to have, I remember seeing people with suits on the couch and interviewing people. And that's, you know, kind of what I always, that kind of what, what started it all. And I remember having zero subscribers. You know, I remember that day. I remember getting my first 100 and taking a whole year to get to a, maybe 500 or 1,000. And uh, now it's like we're at, we're at 10, Plus. 10 and a half thousand. It's like, and it's still going. And it's like, so 
But had I not followed my gut, had I not followed my heart and just did whatever my soul was telling me to do, we wouldn't be here today doing stuff like this. So for me, I'm just focused on one day at a time, mm -hmm. giving 100% at whatever I'm doing. I'm focused on doing whatever I love, which is multimedia, producing at Cape Texas, also Trip Talk. And as far as uh, Trip Talk, as, we, as I kind of hit on that, the next thing I feel for that is just continual, continual growth. My whole goal when I first started this thing was a million subscribers. We're at 10.5,000. You know, people might say, oh, that's a long way away. Well, God, God darn, like when, when, I, when I was at 100, 10,000 seemed a long way away. And now we're at 10,000. So it's like, that's the whole goal for Trip Talk, a million subscribers. I want to build generational wealth, as I know, do you. Yeah, you uh, already for, know what I'm working. <laughs> for, 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 the, for the trip name, uh, yeah. you know, for, for the family, because, um, like I said, I, I want to be one of those people that, that figure it out now. So when I get to my 30s and 31s, I'm making money in my sleep yeah. and having fun. You get what I'm saying? And so I think it'll all come around full circle at some point. And so that's, that was my, that's my biggest thing. And it's like, that's the thing that drives me. And I understand, and I, uh, I, don't, I don't know the guy's name, but he's a famous guy, but he's like, I wish you, uh, I wish you know how it felt, feels in your 30s. Because you, once you, like, when you get to your 30s and you know you still feel young, you won't feel like you gotta kinda rush things or whatever. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm rushing, but I know that it's possible to get to where I wanna get to at a certain age, and it's like, I came this far, it ain't, it ain't that far left to go. Nope. You know, and, you think back and it's funny, it's like it's a, and, and I'll kind of close on this point, but it's like, you know, at the time when I was young, I felt like, man, I kind of sometimes want to do this and want to do that. And it's kind of like, I can still do all that stuff here in a couple years when we reach that goal. But when know. I do that, it's like, I don't have to work the rest of my life. I don't have to, now it's time to have fun. And so when anybody doing anything, always realize that it's, it's always going to be a time to have fun and you never, ever are going to miss out on anything nope. you know just keep going at whatever you want to do and keep following your dreams because uh you can do it yeah for sure next question two more then we out for the student athletes out there for the kids that just play sports don't matter give them some advice on how to deal with their parents you know hey parents are a little overbearing parents are supportive you know You've seen a lot of sides of it. What's the easiest recommendation? What's the, the one line that you can give somebody to reassure that, you know, that everything will be all right? Yeah, um, I'll I just briefly say again that everything happens for a reason. I'm a testament of that. Uh, I don't say I'm a testament of that, but I, I have living proof of that, like I say, as I look back on my life. So I can confidently say that. Number one, those kids out there that's watching, everything happens for a reason. Now, as far as like dealing with your parents and stuff like that, I would say if you can, depending on what age you are, if you get this, try to have some type of grace for your parents, number one, because nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's only one person, perfect person and not even a person amongst this world, and that's God. If any of us was perfect, we would be God, but we're not. So try to, number one, have grace with with uh, your parent understand that they only doing they're only doing their best you know they're only doing their best if you feel a certain way maybe try to voice it um, if it's hard for you to voice it maybe try to find somebody that can voice it for you 
maybe like a coach or something like that, ask a coach, hey, can you talk to my parents and whatnot, or whatever the case may be. Um, but number one, I would say try to have grace for them, try to have understanding that they really just want the best for you. And I can say that again, again on my journey as a parent, I know that I just want the best for my son, you know. And uh, I know I don't have all the answers. It's probably stuff I do, although, you know, I f you know, feel like I learned stuff as a parent. It may be stuff that I, I'm doing that I don't even know I'm doing. And that's even knowing all the stuff with our journey. So it's like um, kids out there, just try to have grace with your parents and understand that your personal parent is not your only parent. God is, is he's, he's the father of us all. So God is watching over you too. You know, he, he, know, he knows what's going on and he knows that he's not going to give you anything more than you can handle. So God, God got you too. You know, even if you can't find somebody to talk to your parents, understand that God still has a personal plan for you. And it's all going to work out. At the end of the day. Yeah. Last question, and I think you know this one. <laughs> Favorite pair kicks of all time. Now, one thing I will tell the audience, I might have been a little hard on you. I might have been a little pushy. But you kept a fresh pair of kicks. When they came out, you definitely had the kicks of all kicks. So no you had way. a lot of them. Favorite pair of kicks of yeah, all Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I did have a lot of them. Yeah, I had a lot of flavors. I had a lot of everything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so many. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I hear you ask people this question all the time. It's like, he's surely not prepared, know. guys. He yeah, knows sure, this question. Surely y'all know. Um, that is a great question. Because it always changed for me. Like, at mm -hmm. certain points of time, it was the LeBrons, you know. When I was coming up and playing and everything like that, I used to love the LeBrons. And the now, blue and white ones, I think. The blue yeah. and white ones, I had a bunch of LeBrons. I had yeah. the red and black ones. Oh, I had man. the I had the original LeBron ones. I remember one. that. had the original LeBron ones. See, you was the original. See, people don't realize we were sneakerheads. So we had that stuff before all of this retro stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for real. Um, so it always kind of changed. I would say my favorite pair would be, uh, man, that's such a good question. There's so many. I would say, as far as my favorite pair, it was these Jordan 10s you bought me one time when I played in Florida. I don't know if you remember those. I remember but they was the Wolf Gray Jordans. The Wolf Gray Jordans. I wore those yeah, to orange death. Orange or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wore those to death. And to me, that was... It's so many shoes going through my head. I, I can't really think straight, but that experience, that pair of kicks at that time, I felt like that was just that was one of my favorite. I mean, I didn't had you know. I mean, you know, I didn't. You bought them from me. <laughs> I didn't have Pradas in my lifetime. You know, I didn't had all types of Lebrons. Well, I remember those Wolf Grays. We bought them for the special occasions. So. Yeah, f for sure. So I, I would I would say that'd be a pair. All right, man. Well, Isaiah, I, I thank you. Obviously, you're my son. I love you. Um, but outside of that, just uh, I know the ground was hard. I do respect it. I do understand the work that you put in. Um, I honestly don't, you know, I won't say I don't think I could do it because I, I push myself to do anything. But I know what you did is an everyday feat. And I uh, just want you to know I'm proud of you and continue to just keep growing and being the man you are. And like you said, we're going to try to build generational wealth for the trips on down the line. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me, like I said, on Trip Talk Tech. Yeah. You know, you blowing up in your own right. And, you know, I appreciate you coming along uh, with the channel and everything. And uh, like I said, we worked out a lot of stuff. 
uh, amongst ourselves through this. And, yep, yep. and and that's, you know, you following your heart, you following through, that's a credit to you. You coming in and, you know, working. Like, I mean, working, if anybody looks on our channel, you'll see Trip Talk Tech has been working. So, you know, I appreciate you coming in and uh, appreciate appreciate you even saying that because, again, that, that means a lot and words do go a long way. So, yeah, for sure. And it's funny, um, is, and I'll close out with this. I think you said it um, in your interview. I think Trip Talk for you was therapy. And I think at the time, Trip Talk Tech for me was therapy. It was throwing my negative energies, my not feeling so good times into a thing. And um, it's just funny that we all threw our energies and negative stuff into this thing that hopefully will just grow. And again, to your point, from our pain, birth something great for everybody. So again, I appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time on the show. And to the moon we go. Yes, sir. That's it right there. Thanks for having me once again.